0: Hi, it is Parshas Chukas. Chukas is a uh, little bit of a anomaly for the this book of the Torah. past few weeks we've been discussing, I guess, what you'd call tragedies, very challenging stories that happened in the desert with uh, the Jewish people. And this week's Torah portion takes a little bit of a turn. And... Um, Let's discuss first point. So, it's most famous for the idea of the red heifer. The red heifer was really was is actually the only commandment in the Torah that that uh, King Solomon, the wisest of men, did not understand. And that's incredible, because King Solomon understood everything. And one of the commentators says that, um, what's the purpose of that? What's the purpose? It's like, it seems weird. There's so many things that he didn't understand, he, he understood. And this one, we kind of like, God didn't let him understand? Like, what's, what's going on over here? So a commentator called the Bar Yosef says, that it's important, and parents know this, and teachers know this, and maybe even many leaders know this, that it's important that well, for us to not understand everything. Because if a person understands everything, when you understand something, you then feel you have the license to, to accept sometimes, say, you know what, I'm not gonna do it. And the reality is, is that. It's also a very, very, uh, puts a person at a big handicap in life. Because if a person feels they always have to understand then when something happens they don't understand, and which they inevitably will, a person will be very ill-prepared to deal with that. And therefore the Yosef says it was a gift from God to help mankind to have some things that we just do that we just don't understand, that we kind of need to trust God trust the system, and um, and and. and, But the truth is, the Talmud says that uh, ultimately there will be a time. This is part of how the Jewish um, philosophy, you know, works very well. And that we say that um, there will be a day, Messiah will come, and be the resurrection of the dead, and there's the afterlife when a person understands. Many things that they don't understand now. So that is the first idea of having something that we don't understand. It's a very, very powerful life tool to be able to do things even when you don't understand. And it's very. We always talk about relationships and relationships. If you have to understand something to do it it's impossible to keep a relationship because other people look at things differently and it doesn't, even if it doesn't make sense to you, you can't stand on ceremony and say, well, I'm only going to do things that make sense. Now sometimes what makes it make sense is the fact that someone else feels that way or wants it. And then, you know, within reason, you kind of go along with it. Now the famous, famous idea, this is one of my uh, favorite ideas because I really, uh, spend a lot of my time doing this in chapter 21 verse 18 says that um, it talks about the different uh, traveling the Jewish people had in the desert. And when it lists them, it says that the Jewish people went from the desert to a place called Matana. Now, in the simple level, the Torah is just discussing the places where the Jewish people travel. One place was called the desert, Midbar. One place was called Matana. <clears throat> but the Talmud says, a famous idea, based on the rush, that if a person turn themselves into a desert. What's a desert? <coughs> a desert doesn't really have much of an identity of its own. It's basically a place where, a, um, it, it's not a, it's considered a very humble place. And um, the idea that we say is that if a person turns themselves into a desert someone who doesn't really have a self. They're always thinking about other people. They freely share. Then what happens is God gives to them. What's the next camp after the desert? Matana. You get a present. Don't think you're going to lose. You're not going to lose if you... um, not going to lose if 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 you make yourself open and not focus on yourself and this is something which changed my life i'm so far from (coughs) far from perfected it but um it's the key to be able to impact other people a lot of times We don't want to give up time or effort or energy or resources because we're nervous. Am I going to be taken care of? Is my family going to be taken care of? Am I going to wear myself thin? Am I going to lose out? Am I not going to be able to accomplish what I need to? And what the Torah is telling us, no, absolutely not. If you make yourself available and you freely share what you have, with others, God will give to you what you need. This applies to money. This applies to knowledge of Torah. And this is everywhere. It talks about specifically when it comes to a person is nervous about their own spiritual well-being, their financial well-being, and a person just freely gives to other people. I guess, again, things have to be done in a healthy way. But most of us are far from that point where we're, we, uh, we're giving too much. And this really changed my life. I remember a number of years ago when I was first starting to be involved in being a com- in community work, um, I uh, I was a little bit trying to figure this out. You know, I, I was used to kind of pretty much being focused on myself and my family. And, and uh, I was getting involved in many people's lives. And I saw how I was perhaps able to give to people and impact people. But I would have like a limit. I'm like, you know what? That. It's just too much. It's too late at night. It's too many hours, whatever it might be. I can't do that. I'm not doing that. But I felt I could do more. And I, but, and I really was concerned really about, and I think the thing I wasn't concerned about, I wasn't trying to say, oh, you know, I'm going to go to Disneyland or I'm going to go get a Lamborghini. It was it was really choices that were good things that I was doing for myself and for my family. And there was a great rabbi. His name was Rabbi Deshaun. He still is a great rabbi. He lives in Brooklyn, and he graced uh, the city of Providence for a Shabbos. And I, from a few very great conversations I had with him, I really, I, uh, to this day, a number of very um, very wise men. And I asked him this question. I said, you know, how much do I need? I gave him one example. I'm a person I really love studying Torah. I have my own uh, I, things that I like to study, that I personally like to study. A lot of time the things that I personally like to study are not the things that would be necessarily the, 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 the right, exact right thing for someone who I'm meeting who's going to study. And I said, you know, what's going to be if I give up all this time to spend time with other people, then I won't have time to study the own Torah. I, and and, my, and my, I love Torah. It's important for me to study Torah. And he said, then get out of the business. So get out of the business. He says, not for you. If you're going to sit there and keep looking ba- backward, how how's my own Torah study doing? Then this is not the business for you. And I said, it's so much a part of me. It, 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 I identify myself with it. You know, what's what's going to fill that place? And he said, you're not going to, when you really impact anyone, even one person in a major way, you're not going to be asking that question because you're going to, you're going to see how incredible and how important and how for no for, and for nothing else how satisfying it is. Um, you won't be asking that question, and then immediately afterwards, I I experimented with kind of just like. I saw someone needed something. I try my best to do it, and things opened up, professionally opened up, personally opened up, and in many areas, I really, really that was one of the best pieces of advice. That I that I ever got. Um, so, interesting idea. It says in the being the Torah portion when right, it discusses the red heifer. Red heifer basically is person in Judaism is a concept of of spiritual impurity, one of the ways that happens person comes into contact with a dead body and then, then you go through a spiritual a, a a ritual purification process and at the time of the temple what that meant was they took these ashes, or they, they took a red cow and they burnt it in the most humane way possible so there certainly wasn't anything appropriate there, but they had these red, the these the special ashes and they sprinkled them on you and the laws about it are just so confusing and contradictory. And one of the it starts off the the uh, paragraph there. It says a person who dies in a tent. Why is the Torah giving us details about the person who dies? And the commentaries say that this is a reference to the tent of Torah, and that if a person wants to accomplish in the realm of Torah and Torah study and growth and spirituality. A person needs to make themselves dead over it, give themselves over to it, give their life over to it. And um, and regardless of circumstances, um, the concept, the reason why I use tent and not house is because a tent is somewhere that transit, it goes everywhere. Torah goes with you and it's something which can be, which um, um, really there's basically no circumstance that exempts a person from it. The Rambam discusses a person's rich, a person's poor, strong, weak, all life circumstances, everything that has its challenges, in all circumstances, a person needs to make it a huge priority, and it will uh, strongly, strongly uh, imp- impact one's life. In um, many... the. Uh, in many 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 years ago in the year 1244 it was a very unfortunate thing that happened uh this time of year and the famous commentator among ram says there was a custom there still is a custom to fast tomorrow the friday the arab shabbos before parshas rukas what what unfortunate calamity happened. What happened was, was 24 wagon loads, and this story has unfortunately become more well-known, 24 wagon loads of Torah, Torah scrolls, and Torah books were, bur- were burned. I believe it was in France. And I believe there's actually a monument for it there. And um, France has, I believe, recently come out, uh, you know, being apologetic about it. And that's what the Manganron says in in, uh, respect to that, to what happened, people have a custom to fast. But it's unusual because every, unlike American holidays, Jewish holidays are not day of the week. They're always a date. 15th of Nisan is Pesach, 6th of Sivan is Shavuos, 15th of Tishrei is circus, 25th of Kislev is So, this is why we have is very unusual, is completely unusual. I think it's com- singular that there's no um, no uh, date for it. And it's supposed to be the Friday before partial And I saw, I think we, the Shabbily Halekah explains that. It's because we need the lesson of partial Lukas. what's the lesson of partial Lucaskas we don't understand these things we just don't understand and if we try to fight it or we try to reconcile it maybe a certain amount sometimes things we can understand but we as we said before we need a similar idea we got to have this in our in our in our in our deck of cards of how to deal with, with, uh, with relationships. And how to deal with life. In chapter 21, verse 21, it talks about um, um, the Jews were near Israel and they wanted to pass through a certain land, and the uh, nation there was not very hospitable, not very kind. And what comes out from here, it's held against them, is that what was held against them was that they did not um, pursue peace. Now, in the Torah, there are many, many commandments that we have. Now, most positive commandments, you don't have to do them. When you get the opportunity to do them, you do them. Person, so many things, giving tithes, and uh, and this, this go through many of opportunities. We're very opportunistic obligations. Peace, we're told by King David, a person has to has to run after peace. And the explanation is, that, and this is what the Jewish people did. The Jewish people pursued peace with this country. They actively tried to do it and the reason why is because if you don't pursue peace it will not happen so if a person sits back and expects to be in a relationship and it's going to be peaceful without being proactively making it peaceful it will not be peaceful a person who wants to be in a community wants to be amongst friends having a state of peace requires proactivity the famous idea when we when we dive in the Amidah, when we say uh, the Shema Esrei every day, we may we take three steps back and three steps forward. What are the words that we say when we take three steps back? We say, famously, Oseh Shalom Shalom aleinu, amen. Yeah, right. Great song. Everyone knows that song. What does that song mean? We're we're praying for peace. In order to have peace, you can't just pray for peace. You gotta take three steps back and gotta be proactive. Taking those steps back sometimes means stepping out of the way, being being, willing to compromise, and also taking those steps forward, being proactive. Sometimes you got it for peace, sometimes you gotta step away, and sometimes you have to have to uh, step into things. You gotta be proactive if you wanna have peace. Another fascinating thing, in chapter 20, verse 14, says that Moshe, um, he said that he uh, um, he was discussing a problem, and one of the problems was, is that um, the Jewish people were driving Moshe crazy. The Medrash says that the Jewish people were ungrateful to Moshe, and they didn't stop bothering him, but Moshe didn't stop. He did not stop about it. He didn't get discouraged. He he, He continued and And uh, this is the paradigm, the paradigm that we learned uh, that giving has zero to do with getting anything back. If you're gonna give, you gotta give with no expectation. and uh, And like we said last week, you know, often when the people subconsciously end up resenting people who give to them. But uh, a person has the capability. To give to people who we disagree with, people who have wronged you, and that is actually when uh, you can grow uh, tremendously. This week's Torah portion, we get the news of the of Aaron, the great leader, second in command to Moshe, the the high priest. He passed away, and when he passed away, the Jews had these special clouds, the clouds of glory that went with them throughout the desert and took care of them. And the question was, what connection do these clouds have to do with Aaron? And the Ateris Mordecai says that at the same way the clouds kept the people together and, and, and went around them and protected them, Aaron was the person that kept the Jewish people together. He would greet people. He would make peace. He would make peace between families and friends. And he was just, the, he, he, the, the, in the Ethics of the Fathers, it, it talks about him. He calls that he's the person who pursues peace Is a student of Aaron. And that is why the clouds left when he left. And it's actually is, is seen when when, when Aaron died, the Jewish people—they were so sad, even sadder in a certain sense than when Moses died—is because Aaron was a person who he was actively involved in bringing peace. They felt his love. They they respected Moshe, and they certainly sorely missed him. But Aaron was that lover of peace, and not that Moshe wasn't. But this was his role to be the person who made who made peace. One last thing I'll share with you is this week's partial. we have the infamous, famous story of where the uh, there's a rock, the rock the Jewish people get the water from, and Miriam dies, so it stops producing, and ultimately it comes back, and the Jewish people sing a song to God about it. And the question is this is not this is the second song the Jewish people are recorded as having sung and the first when the first one um Moshe uh is listed as he led the song, and this time Moshe is not not only did he not lead it he's not even mentioned and the commentators say that the reason why he's not mentioned is because. Moshe really appreciated Miriam. And since he really appreciated Miriam, he didn't have need need to sing because this song was connected to Miriam. And and that's a really special thing. Sometimes we can be so... Sometimes, you know, obviously it's important to articulate things. But often, um, the most powerful thing that we need to do for people... Is that they need to be able to feel to feel our respect and love for them and value for them. And that's something that even articulating doesn't do because the person doesn't really feel that way. People sense that, and the words actually can even be not appreciated or even hurtful when a person thinks that um, that you don't uh, you don't really mean them. So let's review a little bit. We talked about. The idea of um, giving, giving, despite what 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 others do, we talked about the idea that if you freely give of yourself, you'll be more than taken care of. We learned about how for peace you gotta pursue it; you gotta be proactive. We learned how it's important to develop this part of our personality, the ability to not have to understand everything. A, that's important because we'll be able to function in fact and we can understand things. And important also for the Torah is that we won't, God forbid, dismiss something just because we think in order to do something, we have to understand it. We have to be able to do things sometimes even though we can understand it and we don't understand it. We also learned how... Aaron was so beloved. He, he was the glue of the Jewish people, and he was that through love and peace. Say love, over am sure there's many, many songs written about this. Love can overcome just about anything. Um, we learned how Moshe did not need to sing this song about Miriam because it was so clear that he respected and loved her. We learned how Torah... Is something that you gotta to be totally given over to. You have to be make it look you're dead to it. You can committed to it no matter what your situation is, you find a way to make it work. And all these things together, you make a person, they make for a person's relationship better. No question, the person brings Torah into their life and peace into their life, and the tools not everything having to make perfect sense to you. Have a wonderful, wonderful existence. Have a beautiful, beautiful shop Thanks for coming.